Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Josh. And this is ABM Under The Hood, a podcast we've created to share the inner working of the account-based marketing engine. This is ABM Under The Hood. Welcome to another episode of ABM Under The Hood. My name's Jack Rawlings and I'm joined again today by my colleague Josh. Hi, Josh. Hey, Jack. So today's episode, we're going to be talking all about tech stacks in terms of different technologies and tools that are available on the market for uh, ABM programs and activities, things that maybe are related uh, directly to ABM or some things that are slightly more kind of adjacent to it. Um, And specifically kind of trying to define what we think of as our kind of base level tech stack that's needed for for an ABM program versus a kind of maybe more sort of scaled up tech stack and then kind of like what maybe a gold tier like top of the range if you had all the budget available type tech stack would be um and i think the one thing that's kind of really important to to talk about before we jump into it is just how essentially when we talk about tech in this in this sense it's it's not to kind of conflate it with abm itself and i think that's something that sometimes people do do kind of get stuck on and it is that it's absolutely necessary to have a certain level of technology in order to be able to do ABM effectively. And actually, you know, hopefully what we can kind of show today when we, when we jump into it is that even with some of the kind of more, uh, that more sort of rudimentary side of, of, of the, of the kind of tech stack um, picture, there's still a lot of uh, impact and, and effectiveness that you can gain from it. So just to kind of add that caveat at the beginning. Um, but in terms of, I guess, thinking about that sort of more basic side of this of the scale what would you say josh is a a kind of minimum viable tech stack for for an abm program is there a specific kind of set of tools or types of tools that you would have in mind at that kind of level so yeah i would say um to add, to kind of add to your point i think exactly what you said for a basic kind of pilot abm program it's important not to get too carried away with technology um, we have a, a motto at the agency, really, which is um, strategy first, technology second. And we kind of always try and talk about that with clients who are in the early stages of setting up a, an ABM program, specifically if they don't have kind of um, ABM technology in place already or they're fairly new to kind of ABM. Because obviously, one of the things that we see a lot is people think that ABM is just intent data. Uh, programmatic display ads aligned to that intent data and, and you need those need all of that to be able to actually do it in a sophisticated way ultimately you can go to market and engage with accounts in a very rudimentary basic way just if you've got their email address and email marketing platform you can still engage with them in an ABM way uh, and by that I mean personalized communication tailored kind of value proposition um, you can still do that with something as simple as just a list of emails and an email platform. But in terms of a pilot program and, and essentially what you need, you need to be able to kind of have um, a way of understanding the accounts that you're trying to target. You at least need to be able to get the basic details about them. And that could be something as simple as just LinkedIn um, and understand who you're trying to reach and using LinkedIn's kind of native um, targeting to just understand who the stakeholders that you're trying to reach um, you need to be able to kind of execute a campaign so that could be um, simple kind of paid advertising it could be as I said email uh, marketing platform um, some form of kind of marketing automation is helpful within a pilot program so it's not everything has to be done manually 
I know a lot of people say that the kind of magic of ABM is that not everything is automated. Um, so yeah, you need, you need to be able to know who you're going after, you know, how you're going to actually reach them and engage with them. And you also need to know how you're going to report on them and report on that acidity. And, and a lot of the time we can get too caught up on needing kind of expensive reporting um, solutions and being able to build really kind of amazing dashboards and and it's great if you can do that and you've got the technology to do that but ultimately to do that in the most basic sense is you need a crm that tells you has this account engaged with the campaign how many people from this company have engaged with the campaign and can that output kind of information that can then be analyzed to know what was the account status before the campaign and then what is it after the campaign so yeah three things you need to know who you're going after, how you're going to reach them, and how you're going to report on it. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good, simple kind of um, methodology for that initial sort of setup pilot phase of a, of a program. And I think, um, you know, arguably, I've seen it. I've seen it done um, where you don't actually even use a CRM uh, for, for that. If you've got the, if you've got spreadsheets and time, and it really does me, it does require time. Then, then you can you can do it all very manually in in, in spreadsheets, right? But um, obviously, yeah, as soon as you bring a CRM into the mix, some of those slightly more manual tasks are are automated and taken take you know taken off your plate. I do think that what level of kind of automation you you opt for in the early days will depend very much on the type of program ABM program that you're running. So if you are going for a, a one to many ABM program to start with, then you're probably going to want to lean more towards bringing in some of some of those kind of automation tools, whether that is marketing automation, you know, within a CRM, or whether it's a separate tool, potentially looking at you know, um, ad platform stuff as well that that can target you know by data, IP, cookie, whatever whatever kind of um, data you want to you want to feed into it. Um, but I think if you're doing a one to few or a one to one program. It might be better served. You might be better served to spend your money, your budget on potentially things like personalize, personalization tools. Um, you know, in things that are, help you with developing content. So I'm thinking of, of tools like Follows or Turtle. These kind of platforms that create what feel like incredibly personalized experiences for an account level, but actually, you know, are reasonably easy to scale across multiple accounts. Um, that kind of tool potentially, if you're if you're going down the one to few or one to one route, might be more valuable because you're talking about a smaller number of account of accounts. You don't necessarily need that kind of mass marketing automation type tool, um, you know, for email sends or whatever whatever it might be. So it's, I think there's there is a consideration there depending on which type of pla- uh, type of program you're 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 going to be running to begin with. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, and so in terms of in terms of kind of where the difference between this kind of stage of like a, a, a basic kind of MVP tech stack and the next level up, like what's, what is, is there anything that you would say is lacking that, you know, if in, in an ideal world you would bring it in, in, in the early days, but if you, if you don't have the budget, you can do without, is there anything of that ilk? Yeah, I would say the big kind of game changer, once you get kind of past that initial um, pilot phase or even if you can bring it into the pilot phase but if we're talking about how do you go from a basic tech stack to kind of a more sophisticated tech stack I think the big game changer there is intent data mm-hmm. if you can connect 
a third party intent data source that helps you to kind of um, direct your resource that you have um, and, and use it in a more efficient way. Um, I think that can make your ABM program kind of sore really because it means that you're being um, kind of a lot more focused on the signals that you're getting from the market um, because otherwise you have to figure that out manually through first party intent data and, and sending kind of campaigns out and seeing what the response is and, and third party data can help you and, and just a caveat to say that it shouldn't be used as the only kind of source of uh, um, information when you're considering kind of who you're going to go after but it's a massive kind of driver for being able to be more efficient with with what you're doing and, and targeting the people who are more likely to to engage yeah, absolutely. I think it, it, yeah, it comes down to being able to, it, it helps you prioritize your efforts better. Um, it's a, it's a signal. It's a strong signal. If you can, I think the ideal, you know, the sweet spot really is, is, a, is some combination of first and third party intent data, um, as well as having, you know, the research desktop research and, and other insights kind of done as well on the accounts. I think that all combined is where you're going to you're going to see the real, real impact. But in that sort of scale up phase, as you say, like what will take it from a kind of, a, you know, an early days kind of pilot program into into a more scaled up, effective kind of machine of an ABM, um, you know, motion, it's going to be bringing intent data into it. And you might might also consider second party intent data at this point as well, or, or second party data, depending on how you want to kind of uh, define it. But, you know, something like... Um, uh, you've got uh, it's called Dealfront now. It used to be Lead Feeder. There's Lead Lander. There's there's lots of other tools. Uh, Snitcher, a um, couple of other tools like that. That essentially you plug into your site and you can get a view of of the accounts that are engaging that you might otherwise not have a view of. You might not be able to see them um, through you know Google Analytics or whatever. You can, you can see these accounts on your uh, you know active on your on your site, which pages they're visiting, etc. So that's that's also a good one if you've got. They, t- they tend to be quite cheap as well, you know, relatively speaking. So potentially bringing second party data into the mix reasonably early on or just as you're about to start to scale it up, I think is potentially a good idea as well. Hmm. So then if we were to kind of move into that next phase then, so we've kind of got from, we've, we've set up our p- pilot program, maybe we're like six months, three to six months into, into an ABM program. We've started to see a few kind of positive signals and results coming through. We've got the basics, the fundamentals kind of set up. What's the next kind of stage of tech that we would be looking at when you're kind of scaling up, maybe thinking about, you know, the next year of activity of an ABM program? What what tools or types of tools would we be potentially thinking about at that stage? Yeah, I think I think at that stage you're looking at kind of the the big ABM platforms, things like demand based, terminus, six sense orchestration tools that can connect everything together and really kind of um, drive home the the value of intent data and the the approach of an ABM program um, because yeah there's, there's still before you have tools like that in place there's still kind of a, a level of manual kind of orchestration and trying to tie things together making sure that campaigns go out when they need to go out and it there's a lot of kind of challenges to overcome in terms of timings and, and how things work in a campaign scenario. Um, but having kind of these ABM platforms in place that are actually connected with all of your data sources, they're automated and they're 
able to kind of establish campaign cadences on a on a cycle that makes sense for the target audience that you're trying to reach um it can really help you just do a lot more and cover a lot more ground and and learn a lot quicker um obviously a big big part of an abm program is is about testing learning understanding what resonates within the target audience that you're trying to reach in the target accounts um and these tools can really kind of um accelerate and amplify that um so yeah i would say from from my perspective that that's kind of where you're getting into kind of gold standard territory and yeah from the clients that i've worked with in the past like there is one risk um to that and it sometimes is that uh people can treat these kind of tools as a golden bullet and it and it's or silver bullet <laughs> it's its um and it, it's really important that an investment of that size is considered and it's fought through around going back to the point around strategy first technology second it's really important that before you actually make that investment into a, a platform like that that you consider how does it fit in with the bigger picture how does it fit in with the existing strategy and it doesn't become the strategy that your idea is i'm just going to upload some um display ads and and start to bombard all the target accounts and and hope that something comes back through the other end it, it's it has to be thought through. It has to be kind of um, considered in terms of what, where does it fit in? What is the input? What is the output that I'm expecting? And, and taking that kind of methodical approach to integrating it into the rest of your um, ABM uh, program. Yeah, completely agree. I mean, the, the the other thing of the other side of that as well is, and I've seen it with with clients with businesses where they invest in this technology and actually then it lays either dormant or just underused in, in their overall picture because it's potentially too advanced for them at the stage that they're at in their ABM growth or ABM journey, right? So you have people that are maybe looking at, if they've got the budgets for these things and they're looking at investing in this technology, but don't really fully understand its capabilities or where it will fit in the, in the wider sort of channel mix, as you say. And so then, you know, invest in it month zero, month three months six whatever it might be and actually they're not really ready for it and then then and then it's just kind of a big expensive sort of you know white elephant i suppose and it doesn't really have any kind of um it, it, if anything it can actually be a negative i've seen it be a negative in uh you know net negative on on programs because of the way it's then perceived by the wider business if they're if they've been sold this tool that's going to kind of transform the abm program and and really you know build out and scale the 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 activities and then it's kind of left on the sidelines the perception is that that's that's abm's fault that the abm is just doesn't work for whatever reason because that tool's not works or hasn't been set up right hasn't been, hasn't been used effectively and actually that i think is one of the big dangers particularly when you get into that kind of enterprise space i think you know i'm probably this kind of anecdote that i'm talking about here to, to people working in sort of smaller, medium-sized businesses are probably thinking, How, there's no way that I'd be able to buy a tool of that value and not use it. But that it does happen at the at the enterprise level where people have these budgets that they can just kind of spend on on those tools yeah. that then don't get get used or set up correctly. So I think, yeah, if you're, if you're in the early stages, I would actually, unless you really know what you're doing and you've done this before multiple times, you know, if you've been there, if you've been there and done it before with other, other programs or other companies, I would probably hold off for a while on these these kind of orchestration tools, automation tools, um, because they can actually be more trouble than they're worth in the in the early stages. I would say. 
I think I think the other thing as well on that point is about training um, mm. and kind of how um, the tool is or, or the overall tech stack is spoken about in the wider business. I had a conversation with a client recently, um, and we were talking um, about kind of metrics, and and they in particular um, they were using Six Sense, and we were talking about well, how is Six Sense positioned within the wider business? Mm. And it was a case that they hadn't just gone through a process of just purchased six cents and they just immediately started campaigning. First of all, they did kind of a, a preemptive internal campaign with the rest of the business mm-hmm. of kind of educating them on what six cents could do, what it couldn't do, um, talking about kind of the specific terminology within the platform and, and what it means, particularly for the people who are impacted by it in terms of sales teams knowing how to follow up on intent signals that are coming through from campaigns um, and really making sure that before they launched kind of big campaigns through the platform and that everybody who was kind of around the campaign completely understood what the purpose was, what the objective of using the tool was and what kind of the specific terminology was so that when the campaign was launched, it was much more likely that there'd be success around it and it didn't become what you described as that kind of white elephant. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think that's absolutely spot on because it, essentially what we're talking about is demystifying the the, the tool and, and and its use case, right? I think there's a temptation for people in ABM, for marketers particularly in ABM, that that will be to with some of these tools and uh, to kind of almost keep them a bit hidden, almost kind of their their their, their baby, their you know they want to own it and, yeah. and not really kind of share it. But I guess partly due due to concern around like misuse of it or misunderstanding misappropriation you know potentially even contamination of the data and things like that yeah. which which you see uh, you know you definitely see the more people get involved in these things that that can happen but i think you have to have that level of openness with with the wider business about what it's being used for how it's used what the, what the specific kind of you know methodology and 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 system that you've got in place for it is what the outputs are going to be, all of that kind of stuff, because otherwise they either view it as something that's irrelevant to them and therefore they're not going to bother. And, and when you do want to get their buy-in or you do want to get their kind of thoughts and input on it, they're not interested. Or they'll view it as this kind of special, you know, magical thing that sits over in the corner that must do something amazing because of the amount of money that was invested and the, the ABM team that, you know, always going on about it, but not really sure what it does. Um, yeah. And you kind of want to avoid both of those scenarios. You want to you want to make it so that it's like very clear. This is what it does. This is what it doesn't do. You know, and this is what what we're gonna you're gonna get from it in whatever role that is. If you're in sales or customer success or whatever it might be. Yeah, you you actually touched on a on something there as well, which um, has brought something else to mind. A light a light bulb went off in my head when you said the word data. Yeah, um, because all of what we're talking about here in terms of your most basic tech stack through to kind of the most advanced tech stack, all of it only works if you've got the right data. Um, so it's That's super important that before kind of even embarking on an ABM program that there's been kind of due diligence um, on all of your kind of um, CRM data or, or just databases of, of accounts that you're trying to target and making sure that what you're putting into these tools is um, clean, it's relevant, it's valid, um, because otherwise you can very quickly spend a lot of money and waste a lot of budget on targeting um, accounts on the back of 
bad data. Yeah. Um, but just along those kinds of lines, uh, I suppose from from your perspective and your experience, kind of what are some of the other bigger challenges like data and, and that kind of thing when it comes to um, successfully implementing an ABM tech stack? For me, I think probably the big one that I see a lot of, so kind of this sort of goes hand in hand on the, with the data side of things is setting up the platforms correctly for an ABM program, for an ABM motion. So for example, with a CRM, it may well be that you're going to need to set up some new custom fields, or you're going to need to get data integration set up correctly, you know, bringing the data in from whatever platforms that you're using, um, you know, campaign platforms, etc. It might be that you need to set up specific reporting, you know, dashboards or, or, or ways of, of using the data. And having that, it's, it's not necessarily you have to have it completely all set up before you go into market, but the more refined and clear you are about it before you go into market, the better. Because I think it's, it, it's you will end up potentially losing some of the, some of that real world data if you haven't, if you're not set, if you've not set up your tools in, in such a way that they can actually collect it and track it. Um, it, it you know by the time you've realized it's three months down the line and actually it's just too hard to get hold of that data now because it's you know it's just kind of gone into the ether and um and so i would say having a real sort of solid view of what what an abm version of that tool or that platform looks like for you and your business and then getting it as close to that as possible you know beforehand and then and then during the the the, the program i think is, is absolutely essential and I think same goes for same goes for um, uh, things like campaign platforms as well, because different, certain platforms that you use can be used in multiple use cases, not necessarily just ABM, right? So things like LinkedIn ads and, and, and whatever else. It's worth having all of these kind of tools and platforms set up in such a way that there's a real clear delineation between between the ABM activities and the other activities that you're doing, if you are doing other activities having that kind of clear mode of attribution in mind as well. Not because you want to necessarily be, you know, trying to suggest that ABM is t taking credit for everything or, or, or whatever it might be, but, but more so to be able to really just clearly demonstrate what it, what ABM in, it impact, it, what, what impact it is having and what it isn't having. Um, yeah. So yeah, having those kind of the 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 campaign platform set up in such a way that the data can then flow into the right places, usually the CRM and the other yeah. you know the other ad platforms or whatever, is I think really important. Yeah, having that really kind of clear view of uh, what the reporting structure is going to look like as well. So the, mm -hmm. to to your point exactly is like the last thing that you want to be doing after you run a campaign is having to trawl through spreadsheets and trawl yeah. through kind of individual contact records or account records within your systems to try and figure out well what actually happened if you've done the hard work up front and set out kind of this is how we're going to report then it just makes everything a lot easier in that, in that context yeah completely agree and so i think you know we touched on it earlier when it comes to training and and the sort of you know maybe expanding the the use or or at least awareness of these platforms into the wider business would you say there's anything different at those different kind of stages at from a sort of basic level to kind of scaling up to you know the sort of gold tier 
is there is there any kind of considerations around training or or, or how you would recommend people use use it or roll it out to people in, in the wider business at those different stages um i think it's about aligning it to kind of the the stage of sophistication in the actual abm program because if yeah. you if you're running a pilot program which is very kind of um focused around small kind of test and learn experiments trying to understand kind of what are we going to do and how are we going to scale it up and building that foundation? I think at that stage, you can kind of get by with just involving the people who are actually directly involved. Um, but as naturally as kind of the ABM program begins to scale and more and more people become aware of it and become aware of kind of the impact that it's having and the results that it's driving, curiosity takes over and you're going to start getting questions from more and more different teams, different people who want a piece of the action, um, so I think it's at that stage when you start to scale up that you have to make sure that you've kind of got all your ducks in a row in terms of being able to say, well, this is what we're doing today. This is what our tech stack looks like. This is the kind of, um, inputs and this is what we're getting out of it. This is how we drive the results today and, and what those results are. But then having that kind of storytelling element to be able to say, and, and this is what it could look like in 12 months time or 18 months time and being able yeah. to as kind of the lead um, ABM, kind of build that narrative within the business and say, yeah, we're doing great at the moment, but if we had X, Y, and Z and, and you can start to unlock a little bit more budget, it, it only kind of helps to grow kind of the awareness of the, the ABM program really and, and generate buy-in for the ABM program. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, I think that's absolutely spot on. So I guess one sort of final question from my side what would you say i think something i think people are going to potentially ask a lot is how will i how do i know when it's time to bring in a new tool um you know it's quite it's not as linear as to say how do i know when to go from a basic tech stack to a a scaled up tech stack to a gold tier because it's you're never going to go in that kind of you know that way it's going to be a lot more kind of zigzag but what would you say it is are the kind of key points or milestones either time wise or 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 in in you know in practice in the actual program when that's that's a clear sign that it's it's time to bring in a new tool um yeah. obviously it's going to depend a little bit on the type of tool that we're talking about right but anything that sort of springs to mind there yeah no this <laughs> kind of the good example is it, it depends yeah because um, there's so many variables it's what budget you have available what accounts are you trying to reach? How complex are the accounts? If you're kind of going after massive enterprise businesses, then you may need a level of sophistication that you don't currently have. And if you find that you're trying to kind of research and engage with these businesses and you're just not getting to where you need to, then maybe that's a, that's a trigger to think, mm-hmm. well, do I need to invest in something that's going to help me unlock those doors? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see there being kind of um, a linear process. It's just once you start to feel that you're not getting everything that you can out of the, the existing tools that you have, then maybe that's when you can start to to build it out. And, and also, it comes down to playing playing out the kind of efficiency gains because if you're a, a small ABM team, maybe just one ABM, maybe you've got a few people who are on the ABM team. You can do so much, but we've all only got so much time in the day. 
and if it starts to get to the point where you're um, working back to back all day and you're starting to feel that you need additional help then it could be that there are tools out there that you can invest in to actually start to scale and, and do it in an efficient way um, yep. so that, that's another trigger that could be taken into consideration is just around efficiency gains in terms of would investing in a tool allow me to do more with the time yeah. I've got today yeah it's it's leverage isn't it it's it's a finding a way to kind of two two times three times five times ten times whatever your the amount of hours that you've got in the in a day essentially by by investing but and and I, and I guess the other consideration that you could you can factor in as well is is the value the ROI of investing in these tools right that it's it's not necessarily a simple calculation to do there's quite a lot of factors that you have to kind of put in and, and some of it's going to be su- somewhat subjective as well you know depending on how how much you value your time and, and things like that um or your team's time but there are there are calculations you can do to kind of say right well if it, if this tool helps me do x whether that you know whether that's um send a, a 10 times more emails or whether that's mm. set you know co- engage 10 times more accounts or engage accounts in a, 10 times a better way you know however you define that 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 kind of calculation can be then weighed up against the you know the 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 cost of the tool and likewise you know you could even go as far as actually starting a revenue and and saying like by by having this tool it's going to allow it's going to actually get me this amount in close one pipeline based on you know based on the different stages that it's going to help me out you know progress through yeah, I, th- I think the other thing to consider is around the program type as well, because as we kind of touched on at the start, you can in theory do one-to-one ABM with a fairly low-cost, low-maintenance tech stack mm-hmm. because you're only having to focus on one account and a lot of the kind of resource there goes into research, which is not necessarily reliant on at-scale technology. But if you suddenly find that you're seeing success with one-to-one and one-to-few ABM programs, it may become a business imperative to start looking at how can we scale it to a one-to-many. And that may actually be the trigger that all of a sudden you need to start thinking at scale. And when you're doing things at one-to-one, it's not it's not so easy to just apply that to hundreds up to thousands of accounts. So yeah. uh, that's another area where it's really important to consider, well, can can at all actually help me achieve that yeah yeah it's a good it's a good point yeah um we've got a couple of questions from uh from a community on on linkedin so um the first one is around the kind of best uh value best value for price kind of platforms in terms of abm uh specifically with a focus on kind of the pilot phase versus um you know more mature abm programs that's from tanya um at, at critio and i think um it is a is a really good question because specifically in in that kind of differentiation between the pilot and the, and the kind of scaled up program, what's what is going to bring the most value? And I think you know we've touched on it a little bit. I, and I, I think would you agree? Probably pound for pound, it's going to be intent data, right? Bringing that into into the mix. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think I think ultimately um, the way that we look at the technology stack is that there, there's different tiers within every kind of category of tool that you could need like you can get intent data and pay 
I don't know, 500 pounds a month, or you can get intent data and pay 50 grand a month, depending on who's kind of what, what you actually need and how sophisticated you need the platform to be in terms of what happens with that intent data next. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I find it difficult to answer the question based on the value alone because the value is subjective to kind of where you're at in your program and what you're actually trying to achieve. But when we're kind of talking about how does it progress from a pilot program into kind of a more sophisticated, mature ABM program, I would say absolutely intent data, but also that orchestration element and automation element. Ultimately, the thing that you can't buy is time. And if you can do more with um, technology than you can without, then particularly when you're talking at scale programs, then that you can't really put a price on price on that if it's driving results. Yeah, that's yeah, a good point. It's a very good point. We've got another question from um, Madhu Sudan, which is the role of the tech stack in terms of how it can ease the reporting side of things and, and listening capabilities. I mean, I think those are kind of two separate points, listening, like potentially social listening or, or um, you know, having a, having a view of what the accounts are kind of engaging with. But then particularly on the reporting side, I do think we, we're going to need to do a whole separate episode on reporting it's a it's a much bigger topic than than can be covered, you know, on just a single question like this. But would you say there's much different differentiation between the kind of reporting that's needed in in those different types of tech stacks or, or stages? You know, if you, a basic level of reporting versus a scale up versus a kind of top standard, is there any kind of differences? I don't I don't see there being differences in the principles. I think ultimately you're still trying to re- report on kind of account engagement um, yeah. and qualifying those accounts and understanding. Where it becomes more difficult to do is when your kind of campaigns become a lot more sophisticated and you've brought more channels into the mix and you, you've got different data points, different data sources that you need to gather all in one place and translate into something meaningful because there's no use really having kind of a load of LinkedIn campaign data that says an account's doing X, Y, and Z on LinkedIn if it's in a silo and you can't actually marry that up to what's happening with your email campaigns or yeah. or with your programmatic campaigns. So I think really that the role of the tech stack in, in all of that kind of um, context is about bringing everything into a, one place, as cliche as it is, bringing it into a single source of truth and mm. empowering the ABM to actually make decisions and and use that data as a guide really for how yeah. they're going to progress the campaign and, and optimize the campaign so yeah that, that's kind of how i view it is it's about kind of the sophistication doesn't really make that much difference in terms of the principles it's about the principles remain the same it's just about how complicated it is to actually achieve um yeah. what they're doing yeah and i think um you know the basic level potentially when it comes to reporting you're able to do a lot of it manually because you might maybe only have a few channels in in market and so the date in terms of bringing those data sources into into a single source of truth as you say is something that can be done reasonably easily uh i'd say it, it's still quite time intensive but it's an easy easy enough thing to do man- manually right so you're you know whether that's into your crm or even into spreadsheets or whatever or a reporting you know dashboard tool when it gets more complex, when you start adding more, either more accounts, 
you know, maybe you've got, you're running multiple ABM programs at once. Maybe you've got, um, you know, different products that you're doing uh, campaigns for. Maybe you've got just more more channels that you're that you're running. That's where I would say it's then it becomes really really useful to have a reporting tool or or a tool that can combine all of that data in a more, more automated way. Um, you know, there are things that you can use that plug into your CRM, for example, that that will kind of bring bring the data in. You can do it with APIs and things like that. But it, it a way to kind of more, uh, you know, in an automated fashion, bring that data into into a single view. I think is is a huge benefit as you grow in an ABM program. Um, but actually, for me, I I prefer to start with with doing it manually. I think it's better to start first of all get gathering that data manually if you're starting from zero start gathering that data manually because then you've got a really clear picture of where it's all coming from what's what's you know what the sources are why you're collecting it is it actually relevant for you to be collecting it yeah. all of that if you if you start with the automation sometimes you're collecting stuff that's just you're just collecting yeah. it in the sake of collecting it you know um so i think having a manual doing it manually to start with gives you that real it, it shows you what's worth prioritizing what data is worth prioritizing essentially and then yeah. you've got you know, then you can scale it up with the automation afterwards. Yeah, and, and um, that's a really good point because ultimately what we're talking about here is what does the rest of the business see value in it? And if you've got a dashboard and a report that's got hundreds of metrics in it, but the only thing that someone cares about is well, what does that mean from revenue? Mm-hmm. Then all of those metrics suddenly become kind of obsolete because mm-hmm. they're they're not telling the story. So you always have to, within an ABM mindset, you always have to apply that kind of narrative storytelling um, approach to to everything that you do um, to be able to kind of make it meaningful to the business. So yeah, that's a really good point as well. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Well, we've got um, another asset that we will be sharing alongside this episode, which is a tech stack guide so kind of breaking down along the lines of what we've been discussing today these kind of basic and then more like scaled up and gold tier type tech stacks with some examples of different tools that you can potentially look at investing in as well um you know what the use cases are for these tools what when when to potentially consider bringing them in all of that kind of stuff so that will be um shared as a link alongside this episode and um, hope you found it valuable and useful today. And thanks very much, Josh, for, for chatting with me and uh, looking forward to catching up again soon. If you enjoyed this episode of ABM Under the Hood, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Feel free to rate and review this podcast. Thanks so much for listening.